0: Howdy podcast listeners, Mary here, co-host of the San Diego Show. Robert and I have been hosting the Narrator San Diego since fall of twenty fifteen, but we're relocating to Seattle. Don't fret, a team of narrators boosters have stepped up to the plate to take over the management and production of the show. Come meet the new hosts, Arthur Solm and Kirsten Imani Kasai, who, along with Irene Bonner, Sarah Goltz, Joe Holland, and Breanne Kirby, are taking over. The transition to the new team is already taking place, so trust that the show is in good hands. Robert and I want to share our deep, heartfelt thanks to America's finest city, San Diego, for welcoming us, supporting us, and making this show such a wonderful success.
1: Next storyteller. All right, next. Next storyteller. Our next storyteller. Welcome to the Narrators Podcast. This podcast collects stories that were told at the Narrators, a monthly storytelling event that features people telling true stories based on a theme.
0: AJ Shaw, the storyteller you're going to hear now, was recorded on April 10th, 2018 at Tiger Tiger Tavern in San Diego. The theme was clubs.
1: So um I've been in clubs for several years, I think it started in middle school, when I was part of an ill-fated attempt to make a middle school newspaper. Uh, I was the anonymous video game correspondent, but considering I was the only giant nerd in the school, that ended pretty quickly. (laughs) Um, But I think I really hit my stride with clubs when I hit college, and I joined the Dungeons and Dragons club, because again, giant nerd. Uh, this story isn't too much about the Dungeons and Dragons Club, but uh, all the members in this story are from that club. They are all the, uh, There were four um, officers, the president, vice president, me, the treasurer, and of course Angel, who was the uh, secretary, and as well are two others who were just super, super interested in the occult like I was. So at UC Merced, where I went, uh, it's sort of surrounded by farmland because it's in the Central Valley. They haven't built on any of that farmland, but the university does own that land. And way out in the field is this what I can only describe as a haunted ass barn.
0: <laughs> it's
1: it is it is falling apart, it is just dilapidated, creepy, and several pictures of the university feature the barn in it for some reason. Like it's supposed to be like, oh look, agriculture, the Central Valley, and you straight up think it's like Jason Voorhees is in the barn, like ready to murder you. So, of course, considering the, the university was super new, we didn't really have any ghosts except for one sitting in one of the dorms, and we think it was a guy who died during construction. Sad story, but you know college students. So they everyone automatically thought the barn was haunted. In reality, it just wasn't upkept. But when the university announced that they were going to demolish the barn because it was unsafe, because legitimately one strong gust of wind was going to blow it down... <laughs> Uh, a bunch of students decided to give it one last hurrah and have a halloween party in the haunted barn me and the uh fateful other five decided that well that's just not gonna do so we decided using our uh meticulously uh, cultivated occult knowledge mostly because i just never grew out of my emo teen years we were gonna go out to the barn and make it look like a ritual happened there We knew Dungeons and Dragons. We knew what rituals looked like. I had old spell books. We had all the symbols. We had everything we could possibly need as reference to make it look like a ritual happened out there. So the the party was supposed to happen on October 31st. We went out there two days early and decided to really just go full board. And when you're making something look like a satanic ritual, there's only one place where you can get supplies. Hobby Lobby. So we stop by Hobby Lobby, and we pick up some uh, some of their decorative half-burnt-out candles, um, a mirror, a bunch of chalk, and... Uh, what else? Two stuffed animals, two stuffed cats. You know where this is going. Um, let's see. It was chalk, two stuffed cats, a black mirror, which I made with spray paint, because why not just go with all the references, and... Um, We didn't get it there, but somehow one of my friends procured six milk jugs full of fake blood. And I'm not sure where he got six milk jugs full of fake blood, but we didn't question it. So we get out there, and we decide, of course, to use the dead of night. And um, it's one o'clock in the morning on a Friday night. No one's at the campus. No one's out here. So we park our cars down the road, and we walk out into the field, single file, because there's only one path out with full-blown, like, hoods and jackets. And one guy showed up in a robe. I don't know where he got the robe, but I was impressed. So the six of us walk out into this uh, haunted-ass barn to start dressing it up. We get out there. We we have... Oh, and a sandbag. A sandbag was brought, and that comes into play later. So we get out there, and we decide, okay, do we want to use Dungeons & Dragons references or actual occult references from all the stuff that I've collected over the years? And we went with actual occult, because if we wanted someone to take pictures and look into it, we wanted it to be authentic. <laughs> so we get in there, we draw a massive circle on the ground, right out of the Blair Witch Project. And we, as we explore the barn, we go into the pack and we find a straight-up cow skull. And decide, well, we got to use it. So we decorate the whole circle, draw the whole thing out, draw two smaller circles on the walls... And then we hang the mirror, which has been spray-painted from the back as black. Because why not put a black mirror in? So as we're drawing all this stuff, we realize that it's just not enough. So we spend another hour and a half drawing and carving symbols into the walls of the barn, because it's getting torn down anyway. So three hours later, the whole thing is set up. We have a giant circle on the ground. Again, really creepy. It's all super like legitimate symbols, too. We have two smaller circles on the walls with which we took the stuffed cats, told their stuff, took the stuffing out, and nailed them to the wall. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a real cat! <laughs> we took the, 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 the skull of the, bu- of the bull or the, or the cow, which we probably shouldn't have been touching, and put it in the center of the main circle, and then we drenched it in fake blood. Fake blood everywhere, on the walls, on the circle, everywhere. We used up four gallons of fake blood. And then, to really, really drive it home, we took the sandbag, dipped it in the blood, and dragged it out of the barn around the corner. (laughs) Well, there wasn't a body. We had to make it look like it went somewhere. Where'd this blood come from? So uh, we drag it out, and we bury fake uh, ceremonial knives in the dirt. Again, Hobby Lobby. Um, (laughs) We got the carving tools there. We didn't get ceremonial knives at Hobby Lobby. I don't think they support that kind of thing. Um, So everything looks great. Everything looks absolutely perfect. And as we walk out, again, single file, hoods up, three things I realized over the course of the next 24 hours. One, we went from club to cult. That is that is a cult that is a cult move. We were a cult. Uh, two, we blueballed a demon. There, there, was, there was a demon sitting in whatever sub realm they exist in, watching these six stupid college students walk out to a haunted barn, set up absolutely everything they needed to summon him, and then didn't. He was disappointed. He was disappointed. There's a demon somewhere, and he's still pissed. And three, that's school property. So when it was discovered by the students going out to have a party, it was reported to the school. And the cops were called, because that was a lot of fake blood. (laughs) I realize later we may have used too much fake blood, but the good news is I still have two gallons. So uh, the cops are called, and they take what I can only describe as crime scene photos of the barn, And uh, the university launches an investigation because, again, that's, you know, we deface school property. And two days later, the day after Halloween, there is an article in the Merced Sunstar on the third page with a crime scene photo-esque picture of the barn with the blood everywhere and the cow skull and the two cats nailed to a wall. And the title is, Cult Hoax Scares Regents. (laughs) And the best part is, the university released an official photo of the perpetrators. Which I can only describe as a Marilyn Manson CD cover. Because there is only one camera that looks at that barn. And all it saw was six hooded figures walking in a straight line through a field to a haunted barn as the moon is set up in the background with a backdrop of the forest nearby. Thank you. The Narrators is produced by Robert Rutherford, Mary Robertson, Aaron Rollman, and me, Ron Doyle. Our assistant producer is Sydney Crane. Our theme music is by Whalehawk. And our founder and executive producer is Andrew Orvital. A very special thanks to our amazing sponsors, Illegal Pete's, Sexy Pizza, From the Hip Photo, and Renegade Brewing Company. If you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app.